Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined by the patron saint of the rock block himself, Mr. Jesse Baker. Jesse, how you doing, bro? I'm doing just fine, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, uh, really excited to get to talk some some wrestling within the music community, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's always good. Me and Jesse go back years and years. Um, we have had many a good time and many a rock show in Nashville, Tennessee. But we're going to talk about wrestling. We're not going to get a get into our own little, you know, personal relationship, if you will. <laughs> So today we are covering last weekend's events. It's going to be NXT TakeOver 30 versus SummerSlam 2020 in the old school classic kayfabe comparison style. We are going to go back and forth. What was your broad overview? Were you hyped going into this weekend? I mean, did you have any like expectations? What were you excited to see? I was pretty excited about NXT in general. Um, the, uh, the SummerSlam card, you know, I think it was almost overshadowed in a way by the, the Thunderdome concept. And I, I didn't really even, I knew a couple of the matches going into the card, but, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, that one, I wasn't necessarily like, Oh man, I'm, you know, I got to watch, you know, I did watch the whole thing, but I was a little yeah. bit more excited <laughs> for takeover, you know, going yeah, into yeah. It. for sure. For sure. It's just, dude, there's just so much content these days. I mean, especially like, you know, even for diehard marks, like, like ourselves, like it's, it's really hard to catch it all, you know? It's tough. It's tough. But let's dive right into it. Okay. So here we go. So we'll we'll just touch on the pre-shows just a little bit. The panel for um for the for the takeover shows. By the way, like in general, I feel like the pre-shows are just better from NXT because they're only half an hour. It feels more like a sports analysis show, like an ESPN type, you know, kind of vibe to it. Um, and I liked the panel. I thought Sam Roberts and Scott Sanford did a good job. They play off each other. Sam's trying so hard to be a heel these days, and it's just really funny to me. So I, I enjoy that. Um, and then the same thing on the on the opposite pre-show. It's it was Renee Young's last uh, event, and she you know came out and, and made a statement about that. So I'd be remiss to not talk about those. The uh, there was one show or one match on each of the pre-shows. Uh, it was Brizango versus Lorcan and Birch versus Wild and Mendoza. It was a triple threat tag match uh, on the NXT show. Not bad. I gave it like a I don't know like a C ish. Um, not a bad little match. Same thing goes on uh, the SummerSlam pre-show. I believe it was Apollo Crews versus the MVP for the United States Championship. Uh, about the same, about the same grade. Just you know, a pre-show match. Uh, wasn't bad. Wasn't good. It was just kind of there. Um, but yeah, let's go into match number one here on NXT 30. It's going to be Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher. Jesse, give me your thoughts on this first match on Takeover. As a wrestling fan, I love seeing stylistically that they gave just kind of lit a fire under Thatcher. Yeah, it was a pretty you know a, kind of a quick, quick little get there. Going back to that Briscoes era, just yeah. old school gotchy. Like you know, we're gonna basically. I mean, it's the catch point style that if it, you know if you're a nerd, you've seen it all in evolve. Yeah, evolve, yeah, yeah. And we've seen some of it out of Gulak and some of it out of Riddle in their WWE tenure, but nothing like what Thatcher's shown. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I didn't. I don't love where they're positioning Finn overall. I find it kind of questionable. I'm not really sure on the details of his contract or anything, but it seems kind of remiss on the part of WWE to. I, I I like the idea of him in NXT and all, but um, it just seems like weird pairings. It it seems strange to just have him so far yeah. away from the limelight. Yeah, it does also feel like they're just kind of riding his contract. I agree. I'm not really sure what those details are, uh, but he just doesn't seem to be. Uh, first of all, he's being booked poorly as he has since he left NXT the first time. Uh, yeah. But but to be fair, I do feel like. Um, and naturally, this isn't a judgment against him as a person, but I mean, naturally, when you're beaten down by a company like that, there is a lack of passion. And I feel like I'm seeing that. You know what I mean? Like, if he feels like he's forcing it now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially so, when you see all of his peers from Japan when he came over, what some of them have gone on to do and where some of them have, you know, different companies, different opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like the world isn't his oyster if he wants it. Oh, totally. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, any other company would be happy to have him at this point for sure. Um, but yeah, so what was your overall grade for the match? What would you, what would you, how would you rate it? 
I would honestly give it probably a B minus. Um, one thing I would say though, they did a really good job of using the grapple to grapple wrestling format to build to spots. And that's something that a lot of those other guys do not do well. Um, like him finally nailing a couple of stomp maneuvers, nailing in 1916, they built to that stuff out of some really grueling mat work, which I thought was great. No, I agree. I agree. I think I, I think I rated this about the same. I gave it I gave it like a C plus. And again, it wasn't really so much for the work rate as it was like um, just my own personal perspective, because I felt like I, I felt like he he wasn't all there. I felt like I felt like Thatcher was given it everything and it just felt like Balor wasn't all there. Um, and so I don't know, for me, it was just there was a little bit of. Uh, of of lacking there but let's uh let's move on over to the main show here the next night and we have a uh, match number one it's going to be oscar versus bailey and just for the sake of time we're going to roll both of the women's championship matches in right here on the front of the show uh because i feel like they're the storyline is pretty much you know bailey and banks together against oscar so i feel like it's fair to kind of put these matches together um so yeah my overall feelings from this first match um, to be totally honest, I've never been really on the Oscar train. I feel like a lot of, a lot of people have, and I understand it. It's just, I don't, I, I prefer the Charlotte Flair style to the Oscar style. In my opinion, that's just, that's just my take. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, so, so it's hard for me to kind of get hype about her angles because I feel like it's always the opponent doing most of the hyping and then her just ends up squashing them because that's the only way they know how to book her. Um, and so this kind of. I will say that this match surprised me because I've been kind of critical of Bailey's heel um, abilities on this show. Uh, and it's not for lack of trying. It's just that I feel like she is not meant to be a heel. I just, I think it's like, this is what it, this is what it would look like if you would have tried to make Ricky Steamboat a heel. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is what it would have looked like if you would have tried to do it. Um, now some people say it's not that bad for me. I just, I don't like it. But at the end of the day, both women are phenomenal in the ring and bell to bell. This match was pretty solid i gave it a full b the work rate was was there for sure it was believable uh there wasn't too much feeding spots felt natural and that's that's what i like so i gave it a solid b what do you think about this oscar bailey match um, i actually gave it a solid I, I again combining them if i'm going as a whole but i gave the whole overall between both of them a b as well yeah um i was going to bring up the exact same steamboat point i feel the same she's just too lovable there's something yeah. about her demeanor and her face. And she, even when she tries to look giddy about making people angry, it, she just isn't comes across giddy. cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and Sasha to me just has that swagger that is so naturally heelish. Yes, absolutely. So I don't like, like her as a baby face. So yeah. The yeah. comparison between the two is just so staunch that, um, but I will say between the two matches, they did a really great job of threading that storyline along. Yeah. In terms of the interference quotient and all like the way that the matches moved as well, like Sasha bell to bell put in a lot more work in my than opinion. Bailey did. Bailey. Absolutely. A hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. It, yeah. It was like a striving thing. And then coming up short, not having the help of her friend in contrast to Bailey. Don't get me wrong. Bailey, you know, she didn't sit on her laurels or anything. She just, again, won by interference and it yeah. was kind of, and, and yeah. for, for the idea of her being a heel, Great move, you know. No, I agree. Uh, I, I agree. am an Oscar Mark, hundred percent. Have yeah. been from the jump. I like the idea that they didn't, you know. She lost due to interference in the first match, and she ended up recapturing her initial title in the second match. So they kind of kept her about even keel to where she was. They didn't just like barrier the shit out of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of yeah. some of that crazy dancey character. I'm I, I'm for some of that coming out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mind that. It's like I think, I think when they turned it into like the Kabuki kind of vibe too with the mist, like I just don't. It's like that to me felt really like patronizing and like. I, don't I hate know. the word Kabuki, but I'm a big mist guy. Oh, are you? To Chiri, uh, yeah. the great Kabuki back in the day, like that's yeah. just. I don't have any problem with the word kabuki. I mean, that's that doesn't bother me at all. Um, yeah. But I do. But I do. But you know what I mean. It just felt like there's no reason to put that cheese on her, in my opinion. But I mean, I guess, but if you don't, if you I mean, if you if you enjoy it, then you enjoy it, and that's why we have the show, guys. So we can have differing opinions, right? Right. That's why we do this. Okay. So the next match on the NXT show, 
Uh, we had, first of all, before we got into it, it was pre- a pretty nice package. I will say that NXT, I thought that their production for like the uh, the segues in between matches, the packages that built um, the vignettes, if you will, I thought they were far superior on the NXT side. Um, I mean, just leaps and bounds better. The overall production quality seemed better, which is kind of strange. I think maybe WWE and the main uh, roster has been focused a lot on the Thunderdome, which we will talk about that for sure. But yeah, the next match here was Damian Priest versus... Johnny Gargano versus Cameron Grimes versus Bronson Reed versus the Velveteen Dream for the NXT North American Championship. And it was a ladder match. Jesse, what do you think, man? What do you think about the ladder match? I normally can get into some crazy gimmick match stuff and ladder matches and so on and so forth. Um, I, I always enjoy turning on a money in the bank, you know, that kind of thing. I to be honest, really did not have a ton of love for this match. Um, I mean, it's full of indie darlings, which I loved. I felt like Bronson Reed was the standout. I yeah. loved his Bam Bam Bigelow holler back on his gear. thought that yeah. was great. Same. Yeah. I, I just overall, at some point in those multi-man ladder matches, you have to get a little innovative. Sure. And I felt like it was just a little too car crashy. And yeah. There are too many things. I guess this is older Southern psychology too, but like you want to win the match, right? Yeah. So like it's when you start getting to the point where you're at the top of the ladder and you're just focusing on doing like the biggest thing that anybody can see during opportunities where everyone else is on the outside and you could be going. It It totally just feel like Velveteen Dream was up there just batting around the belt for like 10 solid seconds at one point. And I wondered if that – I wondered if they did – I hope that they did that by accident because if they did it on purpose, it was poorly pulled off. I think that they did it. I think that somebody missed the timing cue or Velveteen Dream was like trying to prove a point. Like it could have, it could have been a political thing. Like I guess I I could have won this match easily. Like, I don't know. I also feel I, you know, I think ultimately, and I'm, I'm not a big into controversy type guy, but I will say that I feel like WWE's, um, vague, slash almost non-existent attempt to address the controversy with him kind of gets in his way from the get-go. A lot of people were just kind of focusing on that from his part. I also am not the biggest fan of Gargano as a heel. Um, Yeah, same. Same, same. So my overall grade was a D. A D. Okay. I didn't didn't grade it that bad just because I did absolutely love – I loved Reed. I thought he did a great job. I definitely agree that he was the standout. To me, this was kind of a coming out party for him. Um, and to be fair, like I don't really get to watch uh, the NXT show regularly. I do watch it when I can. Uh, but most of the time, it's like I'll see a headline about a great match, and then I'll go back and watch it. Uh, if, yeah. I have, if I'm watching a live show on Wednesday night, it's definitely Dynamite for me. Um, but. But yeah, I mean, I, I I do try to keep up with the product um, naturally. I mean, doing a weekly podcast, you kind of have to as well. But um, but yeah, I mean, I felt like I feel like the, again the same thing with Gargano. I don't really think that he's a great heel. I think they've just established Bailey and uh, you know and Gargano both as like these uh, the the epitome of the underdog babyface. You know, like and when you try to change that up, it just doesn't really doesn't really work. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I liked it a little bit better. I'm a big fan of Damian Priest, though. Um, I mean, to me, he's just like he is the uh, the long lost click brother. I feel like you know he's just behind like, <laughs> and that whole. Th- I don't know. He just feels like that kind of guy to me, uh, and and I love that. So I, I mean, I ended up giving this match like a C plus. Um, but but I do agree that it was it, you know it could have been better. Uh, the spots did feel kind of. Mm, I guess uh, expected, you know, like certain things that you expect to see with like guys diving off and then like, you know, the tower out of the corner with like four or five guys doing superplexes against a power bomb against the Germans, you know, like all, all of that thing. I'm like, I'm, I, I can do without any of those spots in the corner ever again. Like I've seen enough of them to where it's like, I don't need three to four guys pulling off a move out of the corner. Like I just, that doesn't do it for me anymore, but yeah, man, Let's keep it rolling here. We'll hop back over to the main show on SummerSlam. Match number two was Angel Garza and Andrade versus the Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, Jesse, man, what would you think about this tag match? 
four of the most talented dudes that they have in the company at the moment. Facts for sure. Um, again, some storyline driven stuff that they, they held true to. I feel like profits haven't had a wonderful tag team defense in quite some time. Yeah. So that was kind of nice to see. I love the way that they work together. Um, it, one thing I did notice, this just irks me from a booking standpoint is like the back to back heel tension thing from the first match to the second match. I'm like, okay guys, like we could have given a break there probably. Um, but there were some fantastic spots. It was super hard hitting. I yeah. love the result. I love the way that it worked out psychologically on point. For me, it was a B plus. Yeah. Okay. Solid. I mean, for me, I, I liked, um, again, we're both Southern wrestling guys, but I did feel like it was a very much a Memphis style tag match, you know, yeah. with like, with the way they booked it and, you know, uh, Ford just taking most of the heat, then Dawkins got the hot tag, and then there's some shenanigans, and that's the finish. You know what I mean? Like it just—it's the standard formula that is tried and true, but it worked. And I feel like that's—it's good pro wrestling. Um, I agree. I rated it a little bit lower. I think we're kind of flip flopped on this one. Uh, like I was about at like a C, C on it, like because it because to me it was very predictable. I knew when when the fire up was going to happen, when the comeback, how they were going to do the yeah. hot tag, and so a lot of it was just like felt like I was going through the motions. Now they did a great job with it. I'm not knocking the performance. It's just that uh, I don't know. I just felt. I felt like they, these four guys could have, could have done something if they, if they had been left to book it themselves and been able to make their own match, this could have been a completely different match. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so there's one thing I did notice that my buddy pointed out, um, my shout out to Austin Klein. I never really caught this before, but that little fake out back elbow thing that Andrade has been doing forever in a day. Yeah. It's the damn Judas effect. And I never put two or two together on that. Yeah, I never until until that moment when he hit him in the face where that was like, and he and he mentioned it. I was like, and Jericho is like my favorite wrestler of all time. I just never yeah. put it together. Put it together. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Jericho really started doing the Judas effect because, I mean, doing the code breaker all the time is not the best on your body. So it's a little hard on the gray goose gut. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Good lord. Uh, that's a different, that's a different topic for a different show. We could do a whole <laughs> show on the bloating of Chris Jericho, if you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So for me, I mean, so, I mean, just with the first two matches here, I'm definitely still leaning more NXT. Um, yeah. you know, if, if I had to choose a winner between this weekend, um, so far it's definitely NXT. Um, but let's keep it rolling, man. Let's keep it rolling. Match number three on the NXT card is, um, Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. And dude, okay, listen, I'm not going to lie. Like Pat McAfee, like, I feel like he was born to be a wrestler to begin with. Like, I love the guy. I listen to his podcast. I'm a big, I'm a big like pro football mark too. So like I'm big into fantasy football. I love his podcast. I think he's hilarious and he's a great shit talker. He has been since he like was in the NFL. Um, and so I was like, really excited for this match to be honest like i i wanted to see like even if it was a train wreck i was like if it's a train wreck it's gonna be hilarious you know what i mean like i was like so no matter what i'm i feel like i can't be let down and dude like no shit this might be probably for shock shock value but like i think this is my match of the night i I, it was a phenomenal like i was so surprised by the athleticism i will say about halfway through the match you can tell that he is just sucking wind that he is so blown up (laughs) but like but but the fact that he still pulled off all those spots and he's not a wrestler and he was that blown up is just i mean that's you know when you're on the all decade team in the nfl you're a real athlete you know so like that's it was phenomenal. I absolutely love this match. I gave it a solid A, not an A plus, because come on, the guy's not a wrestler. But as far as shock value, the initial like and the initial like the eyeballs coming to the product that would not have watched the match otherwise, gotta give it a solid A to me. What do you think about Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee? Um, definitely agree. It was the match of the night. Uh, I I am not a football guy at all. Yeah, I I've tried multiple times through my life to figure that out, and it's just not my not my it's thing. Not for you. It's all good. Love wrestling, love hockey, just not my thing. Yeah, it's all um, good. I felt like not only for the sake of, you know, anytime you have a celebrity crossover type situation, there's always kind of a bar set that yeah. um, a lot of people wouldn't expect much out of, you know. 
And I feel like up to now, the only other person that's like delivered even kind of really was LT. Yeah. Oh yeah. 11. Yeah. But I think McAfee outdid him, dude. I think this might be the best, at least football, maybe just athlete first match crossover that has ever happened. As See, far I'm glad as that I you know. brought that up because I felt like the last person that did it well, um, probably a lesser known celebrity, but it would be Stephen Amell because they like it was Neville and Amell versus Wade Barrett and Stardust literally five years ago. That was the five years. Uh, yeah, I, I remember. And I, and I felt like that was, I felt like he did a pretty good job too. I think it is surprising though how like. I mean, that, that, it's that, that's five years. I mean, think about the amount of content that we've watched in the past five years. So it's, it yeah. does feel like forever for sure. But like, yeah, man, I mean, dude. And so to me, you got to really give the hat the not like the tip of the hat to Adam Cole. I mean, the, the guy clearly carried the match. I mean, like, that's sure, another like, reason. I mean, his he they proved him uh, as having crossover potential, which is going to be integral to him moving forward. Oh, anyway, for sure. whether he chooses yeah. to stay in the E or not, like, oh, that, he will, like, he will. He's the guy. And that's, that's just one of the guy. situations where that's, you know, that's kind of his like Tyson moment so far as it were. Yeah. And, um, I gave it an A plus dude. And that's it, it. Like out of, out of all of them, spoiler alert, that's the only one that I did. Um, oh yeah. That was, uh, I, I like, I enjoyed the match a lot. Rick Flair called, um, Rick Flair called Adam Cole HBJ, as in like HBK <laughs> Jr. And yeah. I I thought I was like, dude, that's a great like nickname. It's a great nickname to stick, man. HBJ, I mean, like yeah. Heartbreak Jr. That's like that's perfect. Like that's great. That's great. I love it. I love it. I love Adam Cole. I love that vibe. I mean, dude, hats off to Pat McAfee. Damn, like surprise of the night. If you okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say it here in the middle of the show. If you have a chance to watch one match from either show. I would say this is probably the match to just go catch just because it is a celebrity doing something that is surprisingly pretty damn awesome. So go check that out. Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. And then let's jump over to something slightly less awesome (laughs) on the other show. (laughs) And it's Sonya Deville versus Mandy Rose in a loser leaves town match, essentially. I hate that stipulation because we all know it's bullshit. Well, and it changed at the last minute. What do you mean? It was supposed to be a hair versus hair match. Oh, was it? The whole line into it, there was this whole angle where Sonya cut. It's actually on the on in the background in my house right now. Um, Sonya and Mandy got in this tiff or whatever, and Sonya ran up on her and cut the back of her hair off. That's why Mandy's hair looks so jacked up in the match. But it was originally uh, supposed to be a hair versus hair thing, and then that whole real life thing, I don't know if you read about it, happened with Sonya Deville and Mandy with that stalker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, so tell me about that. Did you like, because I, I like heard about it, but I didn't like even read any of the articles about it. What happened with Apparently, that? Apparently, this guy had like full on armed with like duct tape, zip ties, knife, all kinds of stuff, and was on her property or maybe even in her house. I'm a little unclear about that. And by the time they found out, they like, and Mandy was at Sonia's house and they split out and were in a car, drove away, called the cops, and the cops came in and arrested the guy. And apparently, like, According to what they found out, he'd been playing it for like eight months or something. Oh, my God. So because of the stipulation, while she's dealing with the ramifications, Sonia's lawyer advised her not to shave her head. So they changed the stipulation like two, three days out. Oh, no. So this way. So, oh, well, so this way. So, so, so really, this is just a way to write her off TV so she can deal with her legal shit. And then she'll come yeah, back. And also, you know, the onus isn't necessarily on them obviously for the sure, sure, sure. sure 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 so it's kind of hard to to fairly grade it as low as i would <laughs> well i mean but the i mean that doesn't give that doesn't make a damn about the work rate really you know yeah i mean i i agree it was low <laughs> very low bro very low like this was an old school like this felt like a stacy keebler you know, Trish Strata or not even Stacey Keebler, like Tori Wilson match. You know what I mean? That's what this felt like. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like it was, pa- it was, a, it was a wrestling match. It was passable. Uh, there were some moments that weren't bad. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, the, my only thing was that my only actual positive was that there was a definitive clean finish in the middle and there was no controversy over it. And I think that's the only match on this entire damn card that had that be the case. Yeah. Um, so that got like a star from me, which I guess would be like a D. Um, I, I, I migrated it a D as well. Also, we got to give at least a little bit of a fun note for Mandy Rose's attempt at the Caterpillar after the match, which is Wait, just... what? The Caterpillar? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the celebration. Oh, my God. Dude, have yeah. you seen the gif of like uh, Mandy versus the table? And it's just like her trying <laughs> to set the table up. It's so funny. It's so funny. No, but I can imagine it. Yeah, I will look it up. yeah, yeah. You need to use it just for your everyday. Like, just give me a minute. Like, that's like my best like gift. That's like a go-to gift now. Like when I'm just like, hey, I need a second. Like, just okay. Let me that's set up great. this table real quick. All right, moving on, moving on, moving on. Let's jump back over to the NXT show. Uh, still feel like feel like they're running away with it here. Um, but the next match on the card here is going to be Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai. For the NXT Women's Championship, oh man, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna give you the reins on this one. I'm gonna let you take it away. What do you think about this NXT Women's Championship match? So, I fully believe. I'm just gonna say this as a disclaimer that NXT has, out of all the federations going currently, and I watch most of them. I think they have the second best women's division running. Yeah, and the. I, I'm a big fan of most of their lineup. I really love Shotzi Blackheart. I love what they've done with Rhea Ripley. I love a lot of what they've done. I love Io Shirai a whole lot. I was dead in the middle on this one, though. This match sucked, bro. It was I was just, so disappointed. I was so because I love Io. I love Io Shirai. I think that she is like she might be as far as like fluidity of work rate. Like she reminds me, and I was going to sound super weird, but like her actual like her movement in the ring and her transitional movements between spots is very Dean Malenko, like circa cruiserweight WCW ish to me. Like she's very technical. It's like, even like down to her movements, like the quick, the quick snaps, but like the, the slow movement in between, like there's just this, this methodical thing that she has. that reminds me so much of that Dean Malenko, like his prime 96, 97, Versus those Eddie Ray matches, you know, like those, those, that, that style Dean Malenko, that is EO, but she does it every match. And I feel like she's, she is, has been able to carry like, okay. So to me, like, I'm glad that you talked about the women's division because I do enjoy this division. I think they actually have, I think, I think NXT has the best women's division in American wrestling period right now. In my opinion, my, my number um, one is impact, but you, you think impact really? I think they I did. I think they did. Um, but I don't. I don't necessarily. I, I don't necessarily see that now. I, I think that I mean, I, once Tessa Jordan moved, Grace, Taya Valkyrie, Kira Hogan, see, I don't Bashwood. Think Jordan Grace is really overrated. Like, like she's like I, one of my favorite women's wrestlers. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I see. I just don't. I can't. I mean, it's just that's just not me. I I do love Impact though. I think they're on a come up. I think this, oh, this yeah. like this whole quarantine is the best thing that happened to them because I feel like they're really growing faster than they should have. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, NWA Power was a, I was a huge mark for that, and it's just I they're think great. it's dead. I think it's dead in the water now though. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure Billy's like done with wrestling now, which is kind of sad. I'm pretty sure he's selling NWA because it sucks because that was I liked Power. I liked that whole studio setting, but now oh, we're way on a different tangent. Back to the yeah. match, like I thought, I thought the match was it let me down because I feel like Dakota Kai. I've seen her have good matches. Uh, this was not one of them, and I feel like she was the weakest link here. I feel like she didn't live up to the pressure. I feel like you could see that she felt the pressure, and it wasn't. She doesn't operate well uh, that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, all of it too, just to get to like Gonzalez with a face off against Ripley doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just felt like that was the the whole point of the build. Like, I felt like Gonzalez is way too involved in this match, so much so that it made Shirai look dumb in certain yes, points. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, that's just. I I just I don't think that any of those spots were planned out well. Um, I don't know. It seemed like a waste. Yeah, definitely a waste of, of spot in general. Uh, it wasn't really for me. 
But yeah, let's just keep it rolling here, man. Rolling with the punches. It's summertime. It's SummerSlam. It's 2020. We're living in this quarantine. We're all just trying to stay alive while the world is burning. And we've already taken Rey Mysterio's eye out. We might as well like beat up his son, too. The next match on the card is Seth Rollins versus Dominic Mysterio. And okay, I, I don't know if you're an avid listener of the show, but I am a wicked Seth Rollins mark. And I absolutely love the Monday Night Messiah character. I will say that it sucks that like the quarantine happened when it did because it was really picking up traction and he was really becoming like a like despised heel. Like even to the point where like marks are like, oh, I just don't like him. Like I know he's good, but I just right. don't like him, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Like that to me is like, Oh, I, I love it. I, I absolutely funny. love him. Yeah. I, I love the guy. I think he's phenomenal. I like, okay. I would say that most people would put him in the top 10 best wrestlers in the world right now. And I still think he's underrated. I think that Seth Rollins with the proper booking is possibly one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, in my opinion. But yeah, super Mark for Rollins. Absolutely loved the Mysterio gear like uh, that he wore, like the throwback to that Halloween Havoc Rey Mysterio suit. Dude, how killer was that? And the fact that he kind of threw it in his face. Um, I so hard for that. Oh, dude, yeah, I loved I Again, just love Rollins, love everything he does. Um, but yeah, dude, I thought Dom looked really good. The work rate was surprisingly good. He kept up. Um, uh, I will say that this was match of the night on the SummerSlam card, in my opinion. This was the match of the night again. And it's because maybe it's just because as a wrestling fan, I'm conditioned to uh, favor surprises. Uh, you know, Pat McAfee was a surprise that it was that good. And that's why it wasn't the overwhelming match of the night, in my opinion. Same thing with this match. Uh, I expected Dominic to not be good. I really did. I expected Seth to just have to beat him up and just put heat on him the entire time. Uh, which he kind of did, but he gave him enough spots in the right way and sold for him properly, uh, which is also a dying art. So to me, like I thought, I thought this match was great. Um, I, 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 I like that they just made Rollins look as shitty as possible because to yep. me that like I just love the fact that he's a true heel. It just I love the character. Can't say enough good things. What did you think about Rollins versus Mysterio Junior. 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 I um, I absolutely agree. Match of the night for SummerSlam. And it was interesting to me that both of the best matches of the weekend involved first-time contenders. And uh, it makes me wonder if that won't continue to be somewhat of a theme in terms of how WWE wants to grow folks. Because yeah. it, it, you know, I yeah, was surprised. Better off not going to, to NXT, for sure. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's better off just going straight to the main roster. Like, And better- I was kind of surprised by, like, you know, the match starts really fast paced for somebody who doesn't have that much in ring work. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the well, I mean, um, did he wrestle in Mexico for like over a year. Oh, I know it's only yeah, a year, but, but like I'm talking about in this kind of like high pressure environment. Sure, you know, sure. um, I thought the way that they played the family dynamic out was just great the whole way through. The psychology stood um, not only with them, but with Seth's side of things as well. Again, super pop for the Mysterio gear. I thought Dominic's gear was an interesting choice for, you know, working with a hood on in your first match has to kind of be a weird <laughs> thing to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I got I to gotta give one note. He gave one of the best frog splashes I've ever seen. Dominic yeah. did. Yeah. Like, it was better I mean, than the first one. <laughs> yeah. um, I gave it an A minus. It's the closest one that I would rate to McAfee. I mean, like, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, so yeah, to me, if if you get to watch one one match from from the SummerSlam card, it's definitely Rollins versus Mysterio. Uh, and to me, like I know I know that matches are good when my notes are short because I was yeah. just in the match. You know what I mean? Like that's when I right. know that it, it was a good one. When it's long, not so much at all. Like that's when I know I have a lot to complain about and I have a lot to talk about on the podcast. But this one was just phenomenal, man. Uh, not too much else to say. Um, you know, I love Buddy Murphy being in the spot that he's in. Um, I wish that he could speak more because I do think he's every time he's given the mic, he's done pretty decently. I thought he had some really good promos when he was doing the 205 Live thing and like being the like the he was essentially the Brock Lesnar of 205 Live, and I loved it. I thought he was really good on the mic. Uh, it kind of sucks that he doesn't get that much time. I think he's an underrated worker. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Austin Theory after all of his allegations <laughs> here. So the weird thing about that though, is that they say it happened four years ago 
and the girl was 13, right? But he's only 21. So four years ago, wouldn't he have been 17? Yeah, I'm I'm very unclear on all of that because initially they claimed it was a wellness policy violation. Yeah. And then all that came out. Right. It was like a Snapchat thing, but it's like he's only 21 and it did say it was four years ago. And it's like, so if it's four years ago and she's 13, that's creepy, first of all. But if he's 17, it's like it's a little less creepy, I guess. But like just I mean, they're both minor. I, you know, I don't know. Like they could. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) The world is so weird with that kind of thing, too. Like how how awkward is it that it's just like who decides like. What is it like? What is it? Why is it just that? Like it's one date, like a birth date thing. Like I don't know. Maybe you should have to like take a test or like run like right. a physical exam. I don't know. I don't know how it works, man. Maybe you should get a license for. I don't. I don't know. I feel I think like what it comes these- down to it, you could probably do a very little bit of digging and figure out if somebody does or does not deserve to have a public platform. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree. And and if that's what caused the digging and he doesn't deserve it, then more power to somebody to take it away. But if not. 100%. Then let put the, the guy kid work. back on TV. Put the kid you back know? on TV. We've all done stupid shit on Snapchat. All right. On to the next. On to the next. So we are into... Oh, we just had to go to Kai versus Yoshirai, and that made me so sad. So I think we're at the main event here on the NXT show. Uh, okay, okay. Wait. Before we get to the main event, I just want to talk about this backstage segment on NXT. Uh, Damian Priest is getting interviewed about his win. <laughs> And he literally jumps into a hot tub with leather pants on, by the way, like uh-huh. with his pants on. Like, that's what popped me the most. I was like, OK, you know, he's got some thick hotties in the hot tub. that's just randomly set out in a parking lot for no reason, just for this one vignette. And what's great, too, is like the Twitter afterwards is like Triple H is just like behind him, like just like, with the <laughs> up, like, like what is this? What is happening? Why is there a hot tub in the Amway like parking lot? That's so strange. Um, Did you guys COVID test that hot tub? <laughs> yes, they got it from a fashion house. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Oh, good, good times, good times. Oh yeah, so the last match here is Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee for the NXT Championship. Jesse, I am chomping at the bit to know what you thought about this match. Solid B for me. Um, okay. I thought they worked really well, big versus big. Um, yeah, I feel like I agree. I feel I feel Lee worked a little bit of a bigger style than we're used to seeing. He had some agility stuff. Well, goddamn, pal. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's he's Vince's now. He belongs to yeah, Vince. I know, and uh, but I mean, it's smart for him to do that. Like when you look at, you know, my main my main criticism is I feel like the title switch was too quick, but it's one of those things where. Raw is hurting for top yeah. level talent. Yeah. And yeah. it's been a long time since you put somebody in front of Brock Lesnar that got the kind of pop that Keith Lee got. Oh, for sure. And that's still a money match, man. That's still a money match. Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar is a money match waiting to happen. And it will happen. It will yeah. happen. See, I, th- I, th- I think the days of, of Brock being like around and holding a title, I think that's over. But I do think we get to a point where Brock Lesnar is the undertaker where he comes yeah. in maybe once or twice a year and does one match and that's it. Um, and that's fine with me. I, 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 I would like to see that. Um, I thought, I thought cross worked really well. Um, and, and this is, you know, they basically just had him squashing guys up to now in what half a dozen matches or something. Like it's not been that many. Oh, Although yeah. his last match before this, if I recall, he had kind of a little bit of a challenge from Danny Birch, which I find strange leading into, a uh, <laughs> like, uh, a lead match. It was a TV match. I don't know. It went a little bit longer than normal, and it looked like he was struggling a little bit. Which normally he's just like in and out Goldberg style. But yeah. The um, I thought they obviously, you know, that entrance is money. Scarlet's money. The oh, presentation is money. Goodness gracious, my friend. It's um, they did a great job keeping it equal and keeping both guys look excited about the devastation that was happening in the match. It was Agreed. very like yeah. King Kong versus Godzilla style. Yes. Yeah. You Battle know, of the monsters for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he'd be great to hold the strap. I hate to hear that he got hurt. Um, apparently he had an MRI yesterday, so there should be more information on Wait, how long happened? that'll be. Killer cross tore his shoulder in that match. No. Yeah. He separated it. Uh, they didn't necessarily tear it. He separated it. There was a point where, 
if you watch it back, you can kind of see it. Lee, like, full force clotheslines him while he was against the ropes. And I think he, like, bucked back a little bit much, and he kind of pokes his shoulder out. And you could sort of see him work different after that for the rest of the match. I mean, he worked the rest of the match intensely. It would be hard to notice if you didn't know to watch. Uh, Nobody knew till after. Wow. uh, Yeah, they confirmed it that night. Man, hats off to him then. I haven't seen the uh, I haven't seen the MRI results. Apparently, they had one yesterday. They don't know if it's a significant amount of time or not. But man, yeah. that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Well, I I enjoyed it. I think Scarlet is money, absolutely, and I think that he is money. I think that that whole that whole gimmick is very very WWE, and they've been doing it since on the Indies pretty much the same way. And it's like I think that this is going to be. You know, they they had this in mind. So like like to me, this this character with this like a valet is very much a WWE style thing. You know what I mean? Like, I honestly don't think that this would go over well in AEW. I don't know how they would do this there. Um, And I think that she is a great mouthpiece, too. Like as far as like the indie interviews and stuff that they were doing before. I don't know how they do that moving forward. But she was like. I mean, killer. I mean, just kill killer on the mic. Um, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen her really work work. I know if she's done like matches, but I don't think she's, I don't think I've ever seen her have to do like a one-on-one intense big match. I think she's been in tags or, um, kind of mostly done the valet thing, but more of like a Lana role, you know, cause Lana doesn't ever really work matches. Like matches. Scarlett's actually, Scarlett's got some ups. There's some triple A stuff. Like, oh, okay, she's, cool. She's, yeah, she's I haven't seen bad. the AAA stuff. She, but they were in Impact for a while too. Yeah, yeah. The wrestling. Uh, I mean, I think maybe both. Definitely Impact. I saw them in Nashville and Impact. Okay, her wrestling yeah, yeah. stuff in Impact was a joke. But oh, okay, okay. But maybe her that's first what it match. Is. Her debut match was against Glenn Gilberti, though. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> like, wow, what do you do even, about that? Ugh. Like, God, how is? It, ugh, I don't understand. This is like right before the big regime before. change, so. Ugh, man, that hurts my feelings. All right, so let's keep it rolling here. We're gonna just gonna cover these last two title matches here on SummerSlam. Um, so yeah, the first one up on the docket here is gonna be Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Um, man, for me, I, I've said it a thousand times, but like, I'm just not an Orton guy at all. I mean, I understand that like he's got a great work rate. You can't deny it. He's a, he is a good wrestler. I just like he has go away heat with me. Like I could like the same reason why people are like a lot of people just are turned off by Rollins. They're just like, I feel like he's a legitimate real life skis ball. And that's why I don't like him. It's like, that's fair. Like I feel the exact same way about Randy Orton. Like I just feel like he's a piece of shit person. I don't like, I don't know why I feel that way, but like, it's just deep in my psyche. Like I just, maybe he's not, maybe he's the sweetest person. He might be a great father. He might be a philanthropist. He might like donate so much money to charity. I don't know, but like he just feels like a piece of shit. Like he just always has. He's always come across like not even in like a heel wrestling way, just like as a bad person. Like I mean, I feel like part of these like Drew McIntyre promos was was a shoot to me where it's like, how many guys in the back can you say that you've helped to pass knowledge on to? And it's like probably fucking none, man. Like he just yeah. I just don't like him. I just don't think he's so all of that being said, you can't deny his work rate. It's phenomenal. I love Drew. I feel so bad for him that he's having to carry the belt during this entire shit storm because he had so much momentum going. And like, um, it is what it is. But I thought the match itself, bell to bell, was phenomenal because when Randy Orton does care about something and he's not phoning it in, it is really good. And this was really good. I mean, the match was really, really good. I would say this is probably a B plus A a minus somewhere around in there, but it was a really good match. Uh, it felt very natural. The story was clear and decisive. Um, I liked that the backslide was the finish. Um, I liked, I liked the match a lot. I thought that they both kind of got a little bit of hard way color because again, I think that blood and wrestling are synonymous. I don't, I mean, maybe that's barbaric, but like, I feel like it's not wrestling. It's not really wrestling unless there's blood, <laughs> you know, that that's, that's my opinion. But, um, but yeah, man, that's my overall was like B plus to an A. Uh, what do you think about Drew McIntyre and Orton? Mine was uh, probably right at that B level. Um, I just, I, I feel like the best Orton match at this point. I mean, we're what, like we're damn near close to twenty years in. 
Yeah, we're 15 so, years in. Or I, I 16 like years that, in, yeah. I feel like the best, the best Orton match is still kind of like the same as the best Orton match a decade ago. A hundred percent. There's no evolution in this game. None. The uh, and that's a you know no pun intended, but um, <laughs> right. He's right. He looks like one of those dudes that would like pull up in a car that's too big for him to be driving and bitch about where you parked for no reason at a Florida bar. Yeah. That's what he like. Yeah. He's always just seemed like yes. that guy. Yes. Um, yes. Exactly. Exactly. And maybe entitled that's to his credit. Prick. Entitled prick. Yeah. <laughs> like, but the. Uh, one thing I did like, there were a handful of spots in the match that they definitely kind of played to McIntyre's size. Like, most noticeably, that Tree of Woe spot. Like, hanging a guy that tall upside down in the turnbuckle and seeing how he has to bend to accommodate, I thought was sort of a genius little thing. Oh, for sure. Um, I thought they started out strong, you know, teasing finish for finish. And, and then, ultimately, again, I popped hard for the backslide. Yeah, I love it. You know? it's a, I think it's a um, Southern wrestling thing, man. The backslide yeah. is just like synonymous with like Tennessee wrestling to me. It, well, and also when you, when every promo is RKO versus Claymore country and they start yeah. out just missing them left and right, like six or seven times. And then the next thing, you, and I loved the hard way color because it was like, I kind of almost loved it because it was so small. Yeah. Because like, it felt real. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah like, Cause it felt real. It wasn't yeah. just drama. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Solid B for me. You know, it wasn't a bad title match. I like, I would feel, I would, there are so many more people I would like to see McIntyre face than Randy Orton. Like, oh, oh. It, just, like Keith like, Lee. God, that's sure. going to be an incredible match for That'd sure. That'd be great. You know, but I mean, even right now, like, I, you know, I guess they've got everybody else tied up in angles or whatever, but. I don't know. It just seems like they could have figured out something other than Orton. I don't have the answer to that one off the top of my head, but you know. Yeah. Well, before Maybe. we get into the last match, let's talk about the other character uh, that's that's entered the uh, WWE universe uh, recently because I feel like we have probably a lot to say about about this. Uh, what are your overall feelings and impressions of the quote unquote Thunderdome? So. Me personally, it feels a little Fahrenheit 451-ish to me. Like it's okay. a little like dystopian and and yeah. kind of like almost makes me more aware of how messed up all the stuff is. But at the same time, from a production perspective, I think it's incredibly innovative. And I definitely wish that I was one of the people getting paid to moderate the enters and exits on those calls because I'm sure they're getting paid out the wazoo. And clearly they're not doing a great job because we're no. seeing left and right. There's like Benoit and Fire Velveteen Dream and KKK picks and all this crazy yeah. stuff popping up on them. But uh, it's – I still prefer AEW's presentation to the Thunderdome. But I think that the Thunderdome thing is incredibly innovative, and I got to give them big ups for you know spending that kind of money to have such a crazy solution for yeah. their you know their presentation. No, I agree. I, I mean I, I, I love it actually. I'm going to be completely honest. I love it. I think it's genius. I, I like it. I like it better than having the, the other wrestlers in the crowd pretend like they're fans. I just, I don't like that at all. Like I, I like to me, you know, SummerSlam was a significantly bigger show just because of that Thunderdome, as opposed to having paid NXT rookies in the crowd cheering. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing. Like, dude, Okay, look, I love AEW, but like if I if I have to see like Austin and Billy Gunn like just like still yelling at the ring again like one more fucking week, I'm I'm I hate it. Like I hate it. I don't I, I can't stand it. I can't stand I mean, playing that's up where they are on all the roster time. anyway, like, right? Like they <laughs> No, for sure. As and as well they should be. But they, I think that they like being well, at least Billy I think likes being there. Uh and honestly like I watch Dark too. I'm a, I'm a YouTube nerd to begin with. So like I, I, most of my time I spend watching stuff is on YouTube. Um, and, and they're actually kind of st- the gun club is kind of staples of Bay W dark and they, they're pretty good. Like Billy looks just as good as he always has. And his son's pretty good too. It's fun. It's funny. It's funny. Cause his son is like, his son is road dog in that situation. 
He's like oh, the yeah. one that bounces around and is like really high energy and like you know it's it's really weird how that works, but it's like he literally plays the road dog role and he does it really well. He's pretty good on the mic too, and Billy isn't, so it's like it's kind of weird. But um, yeah, I, we're now we're way deep on the tangent, but yeah, overall for me, like I love the Thunderdome. I'm excited though. I, did you hear about AEW? Do you know that they're they're doing like the festival like the ten- thing? Uh, I heard about the ten percent capacity thing. I don't know if I heard about. So what they're doing is they're having like a. Did you see that uh that that uh, festival they had in Europe where they had like these little itty bitty like steel platforms that were like. Oh covered? yeah. That's exactly what they're going to do at Daly's place. They're going to have like, but it's going to be actual people. So I think there's going to be a four to six to a pod or whatever. So they're just going to have all these pods up with like plexiglass or whatever. But it's going to have. That's a, amazing. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty cool to have like real people there. Uh, but again, I think that uh, I think for WWE, so much of it is that arena atmosphere. That's what makes the shows. Um, so like, I feel like companies like AEW and especially Impact, other lower small companies, they're benefiting from not having to have the crowd drag them down almost. Like, um, whereas like, I feel like WWE, like the crowd is really, you know, you know, no, not not as like a not as like a tagline or as like a motto, but like I really do feel like the, the quote unquote universe is one of the most important aspects of the presentation in WWE because that's the way it's always been. Yeah. So I think the Thunderdome to me makes the most sense. And it did feel like much more of a WWE show, you know what I mean? Because of that, because of the, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that for sure. Yeah. The practice, the practice of it though, they do need to figure that out. The moderators need to be better. They need to make sure that like, I mean, cause I mean, how many screens do you think are actually like, how many people are actually on the screen? I think it's about, can, like eight uh, rows or something. It's up well, to like there, a couple hundred the people. Is, at most. Apparently they rotate. So they, they run registration where they rotate everybody every 30 minutes. Okay. So I don't know exactly how many screens, but however many it is, you can multiply that by 30 minute increments of every show. So in the case of SummerSlam, it's like what? three and a half hours. Well, yeah, okay. So got, there's another thing I do love during the quarantine that we're cutting these shows down. Like yes, they're getting shorter. Yes, I think that we should please stick with that. Like this, this quarantine could be a blessing in disguise. Like let's please do that. Like please don't give me another WrestleMania that's like two days long. Jesus Christ! I think, no I think that's a I think that's a universal agreement from everyone I've talked to. I, I feel no like matter. even including WWE, people are like, "This is it just got out of hand." Like we just yeah. Now we're here. We can't go back. <laughs> it's like, well, you can, but, but yeah, it's going to bring us to the main event of the evening. The main event of SummerSlam 2020. It's the monster versus the fiend. It's Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt for the WWE universal championship. Man, I love the fiend character and I'm grateful this, that this was an actual match and not something cinematic. Although, I do feel like if you do cinematic matches from here on out, it should literally always be the fiend and it should like, he should be the only person that is allowed to have cinematic matches in my opinion. Um, just cause he nailed it in my, okay. Going back to WrestleMania, in my opinion, Firefly Funhouse was significantly, significantly better than the Boneyard match. I thought the Boneyard match was like bad, bad daytime TV. I did not like it at all. I felt like it was awful and a lot of people loved it and like kind of buried Firefly Funhouse and I'm in the opposite. Like to me, it was like, it was so extreme. It's like, if you're going to do a cinematic thing, don't just make it like a stunt man, like B action movie and like a smoke filled barn place. That doesn't make any sense. Like to me, the way they did it with it's like did this clockwork orange, like vibe to it. Like that made way more sense to me. So th- with this, with this whole, with the whole fiend thing, doing the cinematic matches, I like the swamp fight that they had. I think that, I think that Bray Wyatt is the character for that. Um, but overall, this match, bell to bell, was good. I, th- I felt like the work rate was good. I felt like the intensity was good. It's hard to get uh, Braun to kind of get to that level, um, but I thought it was it was pretty solid. Um, very hardcore style match, really. Um, and I did feel like it took forever in a day for Braun to like tease the box cutter and then chop up the, like the mat only to just get planted twice and lose. Like he took him forever to do that. And then like, he just gets planted twice and loses, you know, 
these guys aren't going to deliver a five-star bell-to-bell classic. It's not going to be Brett and Sean, um, but it is going to be, you know, more like a, like a Hogan and, and warrior type vibe. And I felt like they, they did a really good job with it. I thought it was good. Uh, I gave it a solid C plus to a B minus. Um, I love, I love, I love Bray and him, him winning the title to me makes sense. I think that they could just keep that as the fiend vibe for a while. Um, and obviously, you know, the return of Roman was a surprise and it was good. The guy looks great. I'm excited. I love Roman Reigns. No problem saying that into the microphone. I love Roman Reigns. I'm glad he's back. Um, what do you think about this main event, the return and all that? I, uh, you know, I like the fact that the toolbox got used early and that, you know, when, whenever Braun did go back to it, that it was like a callback. You know, I, I enjoy the, the three act play thought process of how to construct a match, especially when it's going to go all over the arena like that. Um, I always love the blanking out of the LED screens touch and little things like that when they start going all backstage and whatnot. I like the fact that like the abrasions and stuff that you saw on Braun were clearly naturally occurred, you know, (laughs) yeah, um, the, um, the one thing about a match like this, that Bray's facials historically are always so damn good that I, I always kind of hate it's like a little dismay to not be able to see them, you know? Um, that's true. But I mean, the fiend character is probably one of the best gimmick characters they've made in a long, long time, long, long, long time. I agree. That's just one of those things that like, if you didn't know the difference, it wouldn't matter. You know what I mean? But for sure. The, um, I, I just felt like they had to get really rough. Uh, I like the idea of the storyline going that when Braun does finally go for the box cutter, you don't know what he's going to do with it. I hated that they went with tearing the mat up again. It feels like that's more than once that the fiends matches have ended with the ring getting ripped apart or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that's just, you know, that should be a, a spot that's reserved for every once in a while. In my humble opinion. I mean, but, I felt like they could even do something propish. Like they could have put some like, like green blood or something in the mask. So like he just cuts him across the head and it's just like this green, like, you know, Joker thing and he freaks out or whatever. Like, yeah, I feel like great. that would have been awesome. Like, yeah. Um, I did like the idea that, you know, Braun trying to go into the fiends world and match him is it ended up, you know, with him failing and that's how the fiend got him. I like, to me, that was the overall story. Yeah. Um, and the story and, was good. Yeah. I, you know, that, that's something that they've been lacking a lot in my opinion. Um, it'll, especially in mains. So I'm glad that they kind of got a little bit back to that. I'm glad also that Braun or Bray walked away with it and that, uh, you know, I mean the range thing, something was going to happen. And I was like, all right, are we going to have another retribution run in that leads to nothing or, you know, what's it going to be? Is that? What do you think that's, I feel like it's just a disappointment waiting to happen. Cause it's like, I do too. the people in the, in the hoods, it's like, I don't think any of these people are wrestlers. Like I think the deal just, is, I think that they're just, I think that, I think this is a fucking anonymous GM type thing where they're just like doing something and they're like, this is, this is cool. People like this. And they have no idea where it's going to end. I honestly don't think they, they know where it's going to end. I don't think they know. I don't. It's think they great know. to create the question. If you have an idea of the answer and Agreed. otherwise it's bullshit. If they don't Agreed. pay that off, it's going to be one of the worst things that they could do possibly for their company. For sure. For um, sure. To me, I think it's just a bunch of performance center folks, you know, I, and like everybody's got theories and I'm like, the theories are fucking pointless. Cause to me, if you look at it week to week, it looks like they changed. They've definitely changed in number. So it's like, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's just Akira Tozawa's ninjas for all we know. Like it's not <laughs> like, it's <laughs> What if it is? It might be. But I mean, I, I I think the payoff isn't so much like who's under the hoods. I think it's who's causing it. I feel like yeah. it's going to be a Brody Lee style, like who's the leader thing. I don't, I don't think it really matters who's under the mask. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, but it's just like, who do you, who is it? Like, because to me, it's like, if it's anybody, it should be somebody that's already like, on TV every week, which I yeah. don't think that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be somebody that comes back or whatever. Like Some to me, kind it's of like, return or something. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to pay that off, man. They did say Wade Barrett's doing commentary on NXT next week. What? 
Yeah, but apparently he's doing one off. I read that today. What? It seemed legit. Apparently it's a one off commentary. Wait, is he doing okay, wait. Is he doing commentary for NXT or is he doing like the return of NXT UK? I, I just read NXT. I don't know if they had it wrong. It, it could be either or, I guess. Is that supposed to be next? No, it's, I think that's next month. I think that's September. But, I'm excited about I mean, that, though. I loved that brand. I was like, oh, that, I love, was, yeah. oh, that was like the ghost brand. But those shows week to week were so good. Like, so good. The Grizzled yeah. Young Vets is like one of my favorite tag teams around right now. Absolutely great. That, that whole roster is great. I mean, it, it, they've lost a lot of it now, but to to offender allegations and things but, well i mean not a lot of it i mean well a lot of it but not like not the people they were really i mean, I mean like you know you, you didn't lose any of magnus you didn't lo- or not magnus uh you didn't lose any of uh what is that? no imperium you didn't lose any other one uh, like the coffee brothers and wolfgang uh, uh well wolfgang got accused they haven't done anything they haven't said nothing about that yet but um I think one of the coffee brothers did too, actually. Really? Yeah. I was following that pretty close because I was doing a different podcast at the time. And like, I don't know, a bunch of indie wrestlers, you just never know. So I didn't want to accidentally fall and beat with somebody. Oh, uh, sure, 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 sure. But yeah, it was, uh, now I can't remember the name of their damn group. That's going to bother me. Um, Yeah. But anyhow. But I mean, but you know, Tyler Bates not getting thrown under the bus. I mean, Pete uh, Dunn's not going Dunn, anywhere. Seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, Walter. We're good. You know what I mean? Like, those are the yeah. guys we need. Yeah. Uh, They'll keep it yeah, man. So, overall, I think that the, the, the show that wins this weekend is TakeOver, in my opinion. Uh, but I will say it was closer than normal. Uh, I don't think that, that SummerSlam completely dropped the ball. Like, I've heard a lot of people just shit on it. And I'm like, I don't I, – I didn't hate it. I didn't think the show was bad. Uh I just thought that takeover was a little bit better, but I thought, I thought SummerSlam was a good show. I wasn't upset that I watched it. I wasn't, mm. I didn't feel like let down or like disappointed or maybe, you know, I, maybe, maybe it's because I'm not able to catch all of the main show stuff all the time. And maybe I just, my expectations were low for a reason, but I just, I, I enjoyed what I saw of SummerSlam and I enjoyed NXT. I'd say like maybe half a star, Maybe the difference between like a B and a B plus that's, that's how takeover wins. Uh, but it's not, it's close. It's close for sure. Overall, like I thought both shows were good wrestling. I mean, probably some of the best wrestling since the pandemic. Um, so that's, you know, there, there's something to be said about that. What did you yeah. think overall? How do you lean one way or the other? I would agree. I mean, NXT in my mind definitely wins and I, I do, you know, I don't watch like all of the weekly product beat for beat, but I will say that, Probably part of the reason that the um, the SummerSlam card didn't excite a ton of people is because a lot of the matches that are on the card are matches that you do see on weekly TV. Oh, um, for sure. Mostly, you know, Oscar Bailey, Oscar Banks. Both of those have happened on Raw and SmackDown within the last month. Um, Andrade and Garza versus the Street Profits has happened on Raw more than yeah. once. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the others – Braun and Bray we've seen before, not in the same instance. I also found it funny that they had, like, you know, DeVille and Rose, no DQ, Dominic Mysterio, Street Fight, Braun and Bray, Falls Count Anywhere. I'm like, is this... Lots uh, of gimmicks, yeah. You know. Just extreme rules. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, extreme it's rules isn't even extreme that rules, you know. That's, like, that's the way to solve that, by the way. Just don't have... Like, just name it something else. Yeah, Just name totally. it something else. No one has any emotional attachment to the extreme rules pay-per-view. So why you keep no. trying to shove it down our throats makes no sense. Like just bring back like no mercy or like vengeance or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever, like yeah. just bring or, or just come up with something different. Like whatever. Just like, use one of the thousand WCW trademarks. Slambery yeah. or like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have bash at the beach anymore, which is nice. Yeah. You just um, move the uh, move the October pay per view into that month and do Halloween Havoc. No, I think they have the I think they have the trademark for Halloween Havoc now. Yeah, I know they should use it. No, they will. For fuck's sake, they will. Like they will. Especially being on TNT, but then at the same time, like I've heard a lot. I mean, to me, there's one pay per view that you need, and you're not going to get it back, and it's Starcade. If you get Starcade, you're good, bro. Like there's, I feel like there's enough like enough value in that name to where you would get. 
literally guys that had stopped watching like older dudes that I know that was like that watched WCW in the nineties that have literally not watched wrestling in 20 years. They'd be like, what bash of the beach is on? Oh, I got to catch this man. I, I got, I got, <laughs> yeah. I got to put this on the television. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I feel like that would totally be a thing, but yeah, yeah. overall you're like road wild. Yeah. You know? Road wild. Oh, road wild. <laughs> God, we just had Sturgis and Fozzie just played. How awesome would that have been? Uh, AEW Road Wild? They could have just put it there. I'm sure they tried. I'm sure they probably did try. The cons, man. They're always out there to swindle. They're always out there to make some money. Got They're to. doing their best. They're entrepreneurs, if you will. Yeah, because they need to make more money. What do you mean, got to? Get out of here with all that. They, they got to in order to support that business. Dude, those, they, they have more money than Vince. Yeah, yeah. but they don't want to pay wrestlers for no reason either, you know? They have half the like a quarter of the roster, and they have more money. I don't know. I'm 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 already a little I'm already a little getting a little agitated with AEW to be honest with you because I feel like come on guys like there's enough money here you guys can do something different other than having the same dudes out there every week like even at least switch up the audience with like different people like just pay indie guys to be in the audience like I. I I'm so tired of seeing like Luther and like all your other like. YouTube guys in the audience. Like that's the worst. Like even, even in NXT on those shows, like at least it's like performance guys that you don't see normally on TV. Like, I don't know. I hate that. I just, I don't like that. I don't like that. The locker room is the crowd. It makes no sense to me. I don't like it at all. It's just not for me. That's a big, I'm, I'm, I, I get why I totally understand. I'm one of those people that loves it, but I totally understand why. But the, uh, the other thing about that for me is like, uh, for a company that only had what six months of TV, and that's being generous. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, they had like four months, like four months of TV until the pandemic started. Like the amount of talent they have that's never performed in front of a crowd is astonishing. Oh, for sure. You know, like Matt Hardy, fucking Lance oh, Archer, Brody, Brody Lee. Lee. I yeah. mean, <laughs> like most of the Dark Order. <laughs> like, yeah. It's uh, you know, there's a ton of people that just you know haven't been able to. You watch them be able to build a guy like MJF and put so much time behind him and Cassidy. And I don't know. It's just one of those deals. Like I feel like when we come back out of it in terms of a crowd buzz deal, impact's going to make a lot of waves. AEW is going to be crashing through crazy amounts of gates. And, uh, hopefully WWE keeps this kind of booking that they did this weekend up and this quality of the show. I agree. I do think that this is a corner to be turned. It made me watch raw. Uh, so like, that's the first time that's happened on a pay-per-view in a long time. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoyed it. It was a good, good raw episode. Um, but yeah, man, I feel like that's going to do it for us. I feel like we've nailed it down. Jesse, thank you so much for being here, man. We're going to have Dude, to do this for again for sure. Uh, yeah. You guys let us know in the comments what you thought about the patron saint of the rock block in Nashville, Jesse Baker coming out and hanging out with us. Um, yeah, next week. Uh, we're going to be covering Payback with another good friend in the rock scene in Nashville, Benji Brown. He's going to be on for the Payback episode next week. Uh, and then the KG Cast Lush will be back at you to wrap up SummerSlam season with the Watch Along of 2002's SummerSlam main event, which was the return of HBK after four years versus Triple H. That's what we've got on the docket for the next two weeks, guys. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. That's going to do it for me. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer. He is Jesse Baker. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.